This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The cheerleaders at a gym in Buffalo have been recording themselves. What's up? To make a new documentary. We're the so-called news reporters. Because one year ago, a mass shooting changed their lives. He just walked around and shot all the black people. The cheer squad, most of whom are black, had to figure out how to go on and how to compete. I wanted the win for them more than anything this season. Listen to the Embedded podcast from NPR within the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. It's Las Vegas, it's the 1990s, and it is time to find a husband. There were four Jewish doctors who were felt to be eligible bachelors. One of them was Bob Berenbaum. On paper, he was perfect, but in reality... This guy is a wacko. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, everybody. Are you ready for a brand new podcast that you had no idea existed? I'm Roy Scovel. And I'm Daniel Van Kirk. And it's the Pen Pals Podcast. Maybe you've had a pen pal before. Well, you have two of them right now. You send us your letters about anything going on in your life. Got a mean grandma? Need a new haircut? Whatever it is, send it to us. And we have guests like Will Ferrell, Andy Samberg, Rose Byrne, Brett Goldstein, and Mandy Moore. Listen to the Pen Pals Podcast on Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 25 years ago, Vega ProPress disrupted the plumbing industry. Today, we're all about making big construction projects safer and keeping them on schedule. That's why we make Vega fittings in McPherson, Kansas, and ship our press systems out of massive distribution centers in Reno, Nevada, and McDonough, Georgia, to ensure that across the U.S., high-rises will always have hot water and steel mills stay up and running 24-7. Vega ProPress, MegaPress, PureFlow. The press fittings you need when you need them. Welcome to the Piketon Massacre, Return to Pike County, a production of iHeartRadio and KT Studios. You've got all these scenarios in your head. I think this may have happened, or maybe they did this. Every family of a murder victim does that. You lay in bed and you think, what happened? Why did they do this? Who did this? There's someone out there roaming around that killed two people that you could be standing beside in the grocery store. And that's scary. This is the Piketon Massacre. Return to Pike County, Season 2, Episode 10, Hopper Road. I'm Courtney Armstrong, a television producer at KT Studios with Stephanie Lidecker and Jeff Shane. Over the course of producing this series, we've spoken to several members of the Roden family. Because of a gag order and impending trials for the Wagner family, they have been unable to go on record. But earlier this year, one member of the family told us that her friend, a Piketon resident named Angie Montgomery, wanted to share a story about her own family and a loss they had suffered some years back. Coincidentally, that same week, a listener wrote in asking about that exact case. So for this bonus episode, as we gear up to the season finale next week, we decided to look into it. Angie, perhaps more than most people, can empathize with what the rodents are going through. When we spoke to Angie, she had just heard about Jake Wagner's plea deal in the Roden murder case. This news hit Angie especially hard. She told us that she immediately reached out to her Roden family friend. I remember texting her, just telling her I was sorry. That had to hurt so bad, knowing that. You sat down to eat Christmas dinner with these people. You went to church with these people. So I can't imagine finding that out. Angie reflected back on the day the bodies of eight members of the Roden family were found. I think we lost our innocence that day. We lost our wholesomeness, our trust. We lost everything. It was like you were in a daze. This isn't happening. You're like, where am I living? What's going on here? It's crazy. Angie's bewilderment is no doubt informed by her own tragic loss. Ten years before the Roden family was gunned down, her cousin Curtis Francis and his fiancée, Jennifer Burgett, were also murdered in Pike County. Angie spoke with producer Chris Graves about it. I know this is probably hard, but can you describe for me what happened to Curtis and Jennifer on December 9th, 2006? Curtis was at his friend's house visiting. He had been drinking that day and having a little bit of fun. And Jenny had came down and told him that he needed to get home. And... He left about 10.30 that night and um, went home. And his mother talked to him before he went to bed. It was about midnight, I think. And Jenny had talked to a friend, I think, about 11.30. 
So they were going to bed. And um, the next day, a 911 call came in that Jenny's mother had found Curtis and Jenny. They had been shot in their bed. It was horrible. Curtis and Jenny were good people, you know. It was heartbreaking. It was just a shock. It's unsolved, correct? Yes, 14 years unsolved. It's a roller coaster. You go up and down. Every day you go up and down, you know, today's going to be the day something's going to happen. And nothing. Just before their murders, 34-year-old Curtis Francis and 30-year-old Jennifer Burgett were a recently engaged couple living in Piketon, Ohio. Your cousin, Curtis, can you tell me a little bit about him and what he was like? Curtis was a good guy. He had a good heart. Would help anybody. He was a hard worker, loved his family. He was very loyal, and he was a a very good person. He was a little bit older than me, and um, we would see each other, you know, when we were younger, but we really hung out more when we got older, like teenagers and in our early 20s. During that time, we were pretty close. He was like more like a big brother to me. What about Jennifer, his, his fiance? I like to call her a caretaker. She liked to take care of everybody. She um, loved animals. She liked to fish. She was a good soul. She had a good heart. And what were they like together? They were a cute couple. They were, um, <laughs> they would always joke around. Curtis liked to joke a lot and laughing and things. And they were just a normal couple, I guess, hardworking couple. Their murders just before Christmas in 2006 were a shock to everyone who knew the couple. Curtis and Jennifer were shot while they lie asleep in their home on Hopper Road in Piketon. It was later determined that the bullets that killed them were fired from a lever-action rifle. I assume you guys tried to work with the police on this, right? How did that work? At first, the family's being told, Jenny and Curtis's family, you know, we don't know who did this, we don't know what's going on. You know, that's law enforcement, you trust them. If they tell you, hey, we're working on this, we're going to get them, you know, you got to be patient, which we everybody understands that you can't solve a murder in a day. Sometimes it takes a long time. But after 14 years of being told, going from we're working on it to not contacting at all to, well, we've we've went as far as we can go with this case. There's not really anything else we can do unless someone confesses or, you know, something drastic happens. That hurts. I think there was one article on it when it happened a few days after it happened in the local paper and and a few other media outlets picked it up and did a couple of articles. But after that, there was nothing. You feel like um, you're never going to get justice. And then you worry about, hey, you know, there's someone on the loose that could do this to other families. And then that turns into kind of aggravation. Why isn't anything being done? Why isn't this case important? Why isn't my family important? But authorities had no answers. Eventually, the case that became known as the Hopper Road double murder went cold. Then, in 2012, there was suddenly some movement. 
As part of his Ohio Unsolved Homicides Initiative, then-Attorney General Mike DeWine revived the case, urging anyone with information to come forward. He caught wind and he went on Channel 10 News, a station out of Columbus, and um, featured the Hopper Road murders, talked about it. They had a deputy from the sheriff's department talk about it, asking for tips, you know, anybody, if they have any information. Uh, we believe there is a person or people out there who have information who would enable us to solve the case. We had gotten an, a new sheriff and he wanted to reopen the case and try to get some help with it. How did that make you feel? Did it feel like someone was actually paying attention to you guys? Yeah, we were excited. You know, this is it. Somebody's going to do something. You know, you, we've got the attorney general on this. It's, something's going to happen. They followed a few leads and a few tips, but nothing came about. In 2014, the investigation was handed back over to the Pike County Sheriff's Office. Then it just went cold again. Nothing. Two years later, in 2016, Jody Barr, then an investigative reporter at Fox 19 in Cincinnati, received an email from a woman named Paula Horn. It's saying, you know, something to the effect of, my son was wrongfully convicted of murder. And then she says, I've got information in another cold case. So, of course, uh, that got my attention. I go and meet with this woman. And what ended up happening was Paula Horn's son, Eric, was convicted of a separate murder in Pike County a few years before Kurt and Jenny were murdered. He was convicted of murdering Paul Shope, shot him, killed him. He was convicted of that. But Paula Horn was on a mission to have her son, Eric Horn, set free from prison. Paula Horn was convinced her son did not do the murder. So she pulls this huge box out of a closet and it's stacked full of papers and files. Paula Horn had collected a massive amount of documentation tied to her son's murder conviction. But it was documents within this archive pertaining to a different case that caught Jody's eye. The murders of Curtis Francis and Jennifer Burgett on Hopper Road. As it turns out, Eric Horn knew Curtis Francis and was with him hours before he was murdered. In this box of documents that Paula Horn had were email communications between the prosecution and Eric Horn's own attorney. And they're plotting how Eric Horn would plead guilty in one case and the state would use him as a witness in the double murder on Hopper Road. I mean, this was essentially Eric Horn saying, I will trade information about this double murder for a plea deal in this Paul Shope murder. So Eric Horn had written out a statement it's called a proffer, where he's giving investigators information in one case to essentially help him in another. Eric Horn gave this proffer to investigators somewhere around September of uh, 2008. So over the next month or so, Eric from prison writes his mother a letter and he tells her about what happened the night that Kurt Francis and Jennifer Burgett were murdered. According to his letter, Eric Horn told authorities that he was at a house on Wynn Road in Piketon on December 9th, 2006. That night, a group including Curtis Francis had gathered at the home for a party. Horn claimed that he left the Wynn Road home at around 10.30 p.m. and never saw Curtis Francis again. 
But Horn said that just weeks later, he ran into a man who was at the party. The man told Horn that he was forced to go to Curtis and Jennifer's house that night by his housemate, who shot the couple over a money dispute. Eric Horn never admits to having direct involvement with the actual murders themselves. But Eric Horn wrote in that letter that there was a lever action rifle that hung on the wall of the Howells home on Wynn Road, and that after these murders happened, that gun was no longer on the wall. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. Back in the 1990s in Las Vegas, a few of us dated the most eligible bachelor in town, Bob. He spoke several languages. He did medical missionary work, and he was Jewish. He was perfect on paper. But he wasn't. He really wasn't. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. Bob could lie about anything. It only takes the one time and somebody ends up dead. Unfortunately for Bob, us girlfriends know how to fight back. I wanted him to pay for his crime. He needed to be put to justice. I'll be honest with you, if I saw him right now, I'd spit on him. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. I will always hound you and haunt you. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Bad Manners. This is the podcast that takes you inside Britain's stately homes and tells all the tales the guidebooks don't. My name is Tom Horton, and I'll be your host. Britain is riddled with big houses from crumbling castles, massive mansions, and stately piles bigger than Buckingham Palace. As a comedian, I'm not really bothered about the facts and figures. I just want the juicy stuff. So I'm on a mission to find out the frightening, filthy, and downright jaw-dropping stories of these stately homes and the people in them. This podcast ventures deep inside some of Britain's most incredible and outrageous buildings to spill the tea on the scandalous, scary, shocking, and hilarious tales. So if you want to get historically horrid, royally raucous, and downtown dirty. Look no further. Listen to Bad Manners on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Paris Hilton. Some of the best times of my life have been spent inside of nightclubs, singing, dancing, and being free to truly be myself. And now I'm the executive producer of a new show, The History of the World's Greatest Nightclubs. I wanted a show that represented freedom, joy, and hope. And there is no one better to host than someone who has inspired me for so many years with her musical talent. I'm Alternate, and I've been in the music industry for three decades. I'm a singer, songwriter, and musician. And now I'm inviting you to join me on this global nightclub journey. We'll dive into the origins of genres that broke the industry and uncover the stories of legendary DJs, all through the eyes of the people who partied at the height of club culture. Listen to the history of the world's greatest nightclubs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. She's a Hollywood Western. She's Jack Kerouac, but in a nap dress with braids. 
She is one of the most important American children's authors of the 20th century. She's the basis for a television show still watched around the world. Somebody somewhere is watching Little House in the Prairie. She's been called a hero, a racist, a feminist, and a propagandist. I think the harm is too great because it's just one more thing that Native children have to endure. She is Laura Ingalls Wilder, author of the book series Little House on the Prairie. As a kid, I idolized Laura. And last summer, I went on the road in search of the real Laura. We're literally on the prairie. What I found was a complicated person alongside the complicated country she represents. I'm Glynis McNichol, and this is Wilder. Listen to Wilder on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The files collected by Paula Horn contain not only Eric Horn's statements, but accounts from other witnesses about the night of Curtis Francis and Jennifer Burgett's murders. What I was reading on them was unbelievable. There were witness statements out of an investigative file from the Pike County Sheriff's Office contained in this box of records. So this box of records contained every document that somebody like me could only dream of having when you start investigating a murder that's 10 years old at that point in time. And what she had in her possession were documents that ultimately provided a whole lot of answers for you know, Kurt and Jenny's family. And we went over every shred of paper in this case file. I made sure I understood who every person was, who these players are, how they were connected. My next job was then to go talk to the victim's families. So I went to Judy Conley, who is Kurt Francis's mother, Jody Barr revealed some of the other statements taken by police in their investigation into Kurt and Jennifer's murder to the family. These accounts, however, seem to contradict what Eric Horn initially told authorities. Here again is Angie Montgomery. One statement is from a gentleman whose house Curtis was at the night that he got murdered. He stated that his brother and his friend Eric Horn had left after Curtis had left about 10.30 or 11, and took a rifle off the wall and went and killed Curtis and Jenny. And that they came back with bloody clothes and they got in the shower, took a shower, got the blood off of them, took their clothes out in the yard and put them in a black trash bag and burnt them. All at the command of his mother because apparently Curtis owed the mother's fiance, $300 is what I was told. And then there's another statement, and uh, they told the same story, that they took a, a rifle off the wall, came back bloody, took a shower, burnt the clothes. Eric Horn denies any and all involvement in Curtis and Jennifer's murders. Jody Barr knew that the information he had could help track down Curtis and Jennifer's killers. But there was one problem. Jody couldn't get any more information from investigators. We can't pull the records in this case. They're all under seal. This is still considered, although it's cold, it's a pending open investigation. Regardless of whether investigators are actively working it or not, these are not records you can get a hold of under the Open Records Act. So what do you have at that point? The only thing you have are the witnesses and family members who may have been in contact or who may have remembered something 
from, from back when this began. But I knew there was something here. I just had to get somebody from the family to work with us, to, to help us. And then all of a sudden, this guy with his huge winter jacket walks in from the backyard and he's greasy. He's been working on a car and it's Paul Francis. His brother is Kurt Francis. And Judy introduces us and I, I tell him why, why I am there. And his whole demeanor changed. He looked angry. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, this is, <laughs> is going to be one of those where I get, you know, hauled out of the house by my collar and my belt loops. And uh, all Paul tells me is, let's get in your car. I've got something to show you. So Paul and I get in the car and we drive from his home over to Wind Road. And he walks me out and to the edge of the property and he says, this is a well. And then he starts telling me the story about the story that this well told that he just so happened to find. Paul told Jody that in July of 2016, he was doing a plumbing job at the same house on Wind Road that Curtis was last seen at the night of his murder in 2006. By this point, the previous owners had moved out. He's doing plumbing work. So he sees a water line running outside with an electrical wire running out alongside the pipe. So he's trying to pull this water line up and it gets to a point where he, he can't pull it up out of the ground any longer. So then he just starts pulling this electrical wire and it, you know, it snakes across the yard and it goes down a hill under a pile of junk in the yard as he described it. And he digs down and he finds this well shaft. Paul told me in the back of his mind his suspicion was that this could hold some sort of answer to his brother's and his sister-in-law's murder. He told me he had a, a gut feeling about it. So Paul Francis called the Pike County Sheriff's Office in to investigate. By 2016, the department was headed up by Charlie Reeder, who, as we know, would later be jailed on charges related to corruption in office. At the moment, when, like, in 2016, what were you guys' feelings about Charlie Reeder? Were you hopeful? Yeah, you're hopeful with every new sheriff. He also had his hands full because the Roden massacre had just happened. We knew that resources were probably stretched, but we also thought the BCI, the FBI, they're already down here in our county. That gave us a little bit of hope of maybe, hey, they'll, the sheriff will say something and, and they'll pick up on this too. We were very hopeful that he would do something and something would, would happen. So the sheriff, Charlie Reeder, paid a local plumbing company to run a plumber's camera down the well. They were able to capture images of a handgun and then this lever action rifle. I mean, that is very similar to the gun that Eric Horn described in his 2008 letter that he sent his mom from prison. Let's stop here for another quick break. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. Back in the 1990s in Las Vegas, a few of us dated the most eligible bachelor in town, Bob. He spoke several languages. He did medical missionary work, and he was Jewish. He was perfect on paper. But he wasn't. He really wasn't. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. Bob could lie about anything. 
It only takes the one time and somebody ends up dead. Unfortunately for Bob, us girlfriends know how to fight back. I wanted him to pay for his crime. He needed to be put to justice. I'll be honest with you, if I saw him right now, I'd spit on him. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. I will always hound you and haunt you. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Bad Manners. This is the podcast that takes you inside Britain's stately homes and tells all the tales the guidebooks don't. My name is Tom Horton and I'll be your host. Britain is riddled with big houses from crumbling castles, massive mansions and stately piles bigger than Buckingham Palace. As a comedian, I'm not really bothered about the facts and figures. I just want the juicy stuff. So I'm on a mission to find out the frightening, filthy and downright jaw-dropping stories of these stately homes and the people in them. This podcast ventures deep inside some of Britain's most incredible and outrageous buildings to spill the tea on the scandalous, scary, shocking and hilarious tales. So if you want to get historically horrid, royally raucous and downtown dirty, look no further. Listen to Bad Manners on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Paris Hilton. Some of the best times of my life have been spent inside of nightclubs, singing, dancing, and being free to truly be myself. And now I'm the executive producer of a new show, The History of the World's Greatest Nightclubs. I wanted a show that represented freedom, joy, and hope. And there is no one better to host than someone who has inspired me for so many years with her musical talent. I'm Alternate, and I've been in the music industry for three decades. I'm a singer, songwriter, and musician. And now I'm inviting you to join me on this global nightclub journey. We'll dive into the origins of genres that broke the industry and uncover the stories of legendary DJs, all through the eyes of the people who partied at the height of club culture. Listen to the history of the world's greatest nightclubs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. We know there are a ton of podcasts out there. Well, we have one we would love for you to check out. It is called the Pen Pals Podcast with Daniel Van Kirk and Rory Scovel. We are both stand-up comedians. We're actors. We're writers. But now, most of all, we are your pen pals. Every single episode, we get two letters that we read from our listeners, our new pen pals. It can be about anything going on in their life. And sometimes we're also joined by guests like Will Ferrell. I'm going to bring you up in front of the group, and I'm going to punch you as hard as I can in the stomach. Rose This is West Hollywood. We keep it clean. Judd Apatow. If you use like Beats by Dre, is that Mm -hmm. considered Andy Mandler? Conan O'Brien. I'm just showing you that my mind is quick, if not that funny. And Mandy Moore. We're all crossing the line together. Listen to the Pen Pals podcast on Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sincerely, your new Pen Pals, Daniel Van Kirk and Rory Scovel. Authorities also found burnt clothing, a detail relayed in Eric Horn's statement. This could have been the break in the case. The only physical evidence that we know of was down a well shaft, and the sheriff's office was just feet away from being able to get their hands on it, bag it, process it, and potentially prosecute somebody in the Hopper Road double murder. 
so then they were you know faced with the task of how do we get these guns out of this well it's a, it's an eight inch pipe you know that goes down into a well so they tried with a magnet i was told and when that failed they called in a fire truck the idea was to use the fire hose to fill the well with water which would in turn lift the guns back up to the surface for authorities to retrieve but things did not go as expected they placed the fire hose in the pipe and turned the water on. It blew the bottom of the well out and knocked like an 80-foot hole in the well, took the guns with it. Sheriff's office ultimately ends up getting a welder out there. The welder welds a plate over top of this well, and that's where it sat since July of 2016. And, you know, here we are. Years later, the likelihood that it's ever recovered, it's not looking very good right now. How did that feel for you guys? Horrible. Um, I'm going to get emotional. Um, felt horrible. Anger. You know, this is, that was probably the biggest break we'll ever get in that ca- in this case, ever. Despite potential evidence being lost, Jody Barr pressed on with his investigation. In 2017, he went forward with a series of reports on the Hopper Road double murder case. The Pike County Sheriff at the time, Charlie Reeder, when I was looking into this case, told me that he developed a cold case unit within his sheriff's office and he had some seasoned law enforcement officials, investigators, criminal profilers uh, on this team and they were looking into the Hopper Road cold case. So. I got an interview with those four men and I wanted to know more about the well. I wanted to know about this evidence in the bottom of this well. I wanted to know, I named all the names that were contained in these witness statements. You know, I had all four members of this cold case unit sitting in front of me in an interview inside the sheriff's office. And all I got from this cold case unit was no comment. Every question was a no comment. Have you been able to develop any type of motive, um, profile of the suspects? No comment. So, you know, we were at the end of the road. Jody's reporting on Curtis and Jennifer's murder also received some pushback from the Pike County community, mainly due to his interactions with Sheriff Charlie Reeder at the time. The people in Pike County that seen Jody's airing of the Hopper Road murders had a different perspective on Mr. Barr because of the investigation he did at the Roden Warehouse with Mr. Reader. Mr. Reader had got on Facebook and had a huge rant aimed at Mr. Barr. And I like to say they drank Mr. Reader's Kool-Aid. People were saying, you know, this guy's just down here to make the Pike County Sheriff's Office and Charlie Reader look horrible. And so I had a lot of people messaging me saying, I can't believe that your family would let that guy do a, a, a report on this case. And, you know, he's just a troublemaker. He isn't even from around here. And I would always bite back and say, at least he cares. You know, he's the only one that cares. He, Jody, and I mean this with all my heart and I hope I can get it out without crying. <laughs> He really does care about my family. He is in constant contact with me. He has helped me. He has listened to me cry. 
he's just as aggravated as we are. He's a very caring person and he and he was he's a godsend. Jody Barr's reporting helped raise awareness about Curtis and Jennifer's murders, but police were seemingly unable to make any progress. Still today, no one's been arrested. Kurt and Jenny's family have no more answers today than they had when we rolled out of Pike County for the last time and aired the the final broadcast into this case. From your extensive investigation, it seems as though investigators know what might have happened to Curtis and Jennifer and who may have done it. Why do you think there hasn't been been an arrest? That's my question. I don't know why there hasn't been an arrest. I don't know. The investigators just didn't have enough. I don't know what else uh, was needed to finish this investigation. You've got people in these statements telling stories that, you know, spell out what happened when, you know, the people who were identified in these statements as having gone to this murder scene, uh, committed these crimes and came back home. So I don't know why or, or what or where investigators are at, at this point in time. You know, this is... We're 15 years down the road and no arrests. So as far as the family's concerned, and, and I talk to them regularly still today, I mean, they just, they, they feel like this was a miscarriage of not even justice. They didn't get that far. It's just an incomplete investigation. You just hope one day you'll be able to finish the story because at this point, you know, two people are dead and it appears that whoever did this has, you know, gotten away with murder. That won't be the case if Angie Montgomery has anything to do with it. You're still on this mission to get answers, to get justice, and also to make sure that it doesn't happen to another family, right? I got my kids up where they were a little bit older. I had a little bit of time on my hands. So I started going full force with getting the Hopper Road case out into the public speaking. I went to the prosecutor, spoke with him a few times. I went to the sheriff's. We had an interim sheriff when Mr. Reeder got suspended. We're told, just hang on, you know, help's coming, and it never does. And I, I notice that it's always when I get really rowdy, squeaky wheel gets the most grease. When I start squeaking, I'll get a phone call. Hey, you know, just hang on. I'm going to figure something out. And nothing happens, and we're tired of it. That's what I get the most emotional about is just feeling like nobody cares. And I can't imagine what Kurt and Jenny's mom, their mothers feel like. That's another thing that puts the fire under my ass. It's never, it's not going to bring them back. You'll always have a hole in your heart from that. But I would love to see someone get arrested for Curtis and Jennifer's murder and get prosecuted and that we get justice. For more information on the case and relevant photos, follow us on Instagram at KT underscore studios. Next week, we'll be bringing you the season finale where a full panel of contributors will answer listener questions. So please write us with anything you want to know. This week is your last chance to get the questions in. The Piketon Massacre, Return to Pike County, is executive produced by Stephanie Lidecker and me, Courtney Armstrong. 
Editing and sound design by executive producer Jared Aston. Additional producing by Jeff Shane, Andrew Becker, and Chris Graves. The Piketon Massacre, Return to Pike County, is a production of iHeartRadio and KT Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.